Hello and welcome to the TIFF podcast. I'm Shamal Haroon. The practice of public health involves decision-making that can potentially affect the lives of whole populations. This brings with it a range of ethical and legal considerations, from the forced detention of a non-compliant patient with multidrug-resistant TB to restrictive policies such as the ban on smoking in indoor public buildings. I spoke to Dr. Alan Reid to discuss this further. Hi, Alan. Thanks very much for joining the podcast. So could you just begin by introducing yourself and saying a little about your background in public health? Sure, Sharma. Thanks for having me on the podcast. My name is Alan Reid. I'm an ST5 registrar in the West Midlands, and I'm currently based in Solihull Metropolitan Borough Council. Uh, I'm working on a range of projects, uh, a prioritisation project, um, uh, also rolling out healthy living pharmacies. I'm the lead on that, and also working with the CCG uh, in their own uh, prioritisation regarding procedures of limited clinical value. Great. Well, thanks very much for, for the introduction. Um, could you then tell me a little bit about uh, public health ethics and law? Because I know you've got a special interest in this. Yes. Uh, so, and it's so, an area that, that, that we generally don't get that much exposure to. You know, that's true. So my interest in public health law and ethics, and actually it stems from how I became uh, involved and got onto the training scheme, uh, comes from the, uh, when I was, a, my background, I was a dentist for 17 years uh, and I had to stop practicing in 2008 after I was diagnosed HIV positive. Now, at that time, uh, that effectively meant the end of uh, a surgeon's career, dentist or, 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 or medical, because the guidance at that, at that time uh, s- s- stipulated that uh, healthcare practitioners with HIV who performed exposure-prone procedures could not do so. So my diagnosis uh, coincided with basically the, the abrupt end of my career. So I had to think, what am I going to do next? Uh, but as well as that, uh, I got involved with, uh, there was a lot of appetite at the time from uh, a lot of public health ethics and law groups saying that that uh, guidance was out of date, given the fact that there's now uh, adequate treatment that reduces uh, viral load to undetectable levels, which subsequently means that uh, transmission of uh, in the healthcare setting is, is negligible. So I kind of got involved with that because obviously I had a personal interest. It very much affected me. So that got me interested in public health. Uh, I then went to work for the British Dental Association as a healthcare advisor uh, and policy advisor working on uh, healthcare law and also got involved with Medical Protection, who is an indemnity indemnity provider for uh, doctors and dentists. And they were really... uh, Champing this this change of the guidance to reflect uh, basically current evidence, contemporary evidence uh, on the the role of effective antiviral medication uh, for healthcare workers who have HIV and supporting the return to work. So that kind of got me interested in uh, ethics and law as it relates to population health. So I went and did my masters in public health at Imperial, and I worked uh, on my dissertation on. Uh, HIV-affected uh, uh, healthcare workers. And that got me a deeper understanding of the law and how it relates to the conflict between individuals and population. And it's from that, after completing my master's, I found out about the training scheme and then I applied for it and uh, and got successfully got a place. Uh, when I was doing in my third year, I decided to do a, 
um, an academic placement in healthcare law and ethics because at the same time I was also doing a master's in medical law and ethics at Cardiff University. So it was just distance learning. And I wanted to develop a deeper understanding of healthcare law and ethics uh, as it applied to, to, uh, to pu- the practice of public health. Great. Well, what a journey, first of all. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, so could you tell me a bit more about uh, the work that you've done within the training scheme, perhaps a particular project um, that you've done where you've been able to use your knowledge and interest in public health ethics and law? Yeah, absolutely. So, so one of the early things I did uh, in my second year was uh, working on the IFR process, the individual funding requests. And one of the, the difficulties and challenges with that is uh, that if the wrong decisions made or the organisation, uh, particularly CCG, acts in a way that uh, has a, a funding policy that is uh, that, that doesn't make sense, that isn't defensible, then uh, the person affected by that has recourse to ju- judicial review, which is a legal process to challenge public health law. Uh, so it's I was able to give that layer of insight, perhaps more than other people around the table, uh, when we were discussing IFR cases about what decisions were defensible, which uh, decisions were proportionate and reasonable. Uh, so having that that knowledge really helped there, and that that's also what I'm working on now with uh, my local authority in the prioritisation process uh, to think about these ethical and legal challenges when we're trying to. Uh, cut funds or, or cut funding or, or redistribute funding uh, so there's disinvestment as well and also that's a, that's a delicate and challenging area as well so having that knowledge of law and ethics really uh, has, a, has a great benefit for me in the discussions I can have there. Absolutely and um, it's, I think it's very pertinent that you mentioned disinvestment now that uh, local authorities are going through unprecedented budget cuts and, and really yes. hard decisions are having to be made about what can be invested in, what has to be disinvested. And, and it's always struck me that we don't really have much of a, an ethical framework to to kind of relate to when we're making those decisions. Is that is that a fair statement? Yeah, I think I think absolutely. I think other countries, for example, the United States, are, are way ahead of the UK in terms of developing public health law and ethics as distinct academic subjects. Uh, I think there's there's some uh, movement in, in the UK and it's a lot of interesting development that, that's taken place. Um, so when I did my academic placement, as I said, it coincided with my uh, LLM uh, dissertation, which I did on um, the legal and ethical control of tuberculosis. And, and that stemmed again from uh, from a personal experience on the training scheme when I was doing my health protection placement. Uh, I was uh, working on a, a Section 2A order for the exclusion of someone uh, in the community who had uh, resistant drug resistant tuberculosis, but who wasn't compliant with with uh, staying in hospital, uh, so that developed my idea for my own thesis, and that's an example of another area where public health law and ethics, uh, having good understanding, really contributes to the discussions and the defensible decisions around that. Great. And um, are there any other projects that you'd like to comment on where you've been able to use your your knowledge and interest in public health ethics and law? I mean, these have been the main ones, uh, the Part 2A orders and prioritisation and the IFRs. Um, 
that's the that's the only ones I've been involved with just now. But there's a whole range of, of things where it can where it can take part. Oh, I should mention as well that uh, I've also been involved in the teaching of public health law and ethics. Uh, well, I've been on the training scheme both to the public health uh, uh, practitioners through their masterclass series and also as some of the MPH modules uh, uh, that are taught at the University of Birmingham. Uh, I've been able to, to uh, contribute to that through my, my public health knowledge and uh, public health ethics and law knowledge. Great. And, and while you mentioned teaching and, and learning about public health ethics and law, um, what kind of opportunities are there for registrars to, to get some skills in this area? Well, I think, first of all, find out exactly what, what's been taught in the MPH course. Uh, in Birmingham, uh, over recent years, there was a, a, a optional module on public health ethics taught by Professor Angus Dawson. Now, uh, he taught that, that module for a number of years, but he's since moved over to, to Sydney. Uh, and that module has has kind of been... Uh, usurped by into other modules which have an ethical element to it so for example there's now a module on international health protection taught as part of the mph and i was working with colleagues um who organized that course to input uh, a series of, of lectures that, that look at specifically international public health ethics and law and how law and ethics has has an has a, an influence there so i would say to, to anyone who's uh, interested in uh, studying law and ethics as it, as it relates to public health practice and interest in, in, in teaching or learning more to find out what, what, what courses or where ethics is, is involved in the public health curriculum uh, that's taught at universities locally. Hmm. And I understand the Faculty of Public Health had a, had a session on ethics, I think it was possibly back in March? Yeah, that's that's right. I mean, it's it's very interesting, very encouraging that the Faculty of Public Health has really taken us on board. There's a consultant in public health, uh, Farang Hazib, who works in the K uh, London, Kent, Surrey, and Sussex area, and he has uh, produced a paper and and ran a session uh, on the paper was published in the European Journal of Public Health Practice, um, and he ran a. a the, uh, a conference uh, where public health uh, in practice, public health ethics and law, and how it relates to contemporary practice uh, uh, was 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 a focus there. So there's definitely developing development in the faculty, particularly over the last couple of years, in making public health law and ethics more of a a focus of teaching within the public health curriculum for trainees. Great. And could you comment a bit more on, on the training curriculum and, and the skills that you've developed uh, through your interest in public health, ethics and law? I think by studying public health, ethics and law, I think it gives you a, a much deeper insight into into the, the difficulties and challenges uh, that, that public health uh, has. So for example, uh, medical law focuses on the individual uh, relationship with with their treating physician. Um, and public health, the, the, the difficulty with that is uh, public health looks at communities, obviously, and what is suitable for a community may actually uh, restrict the liberties of individuals within that community or actually cause harm to them. Uh, so I think having that knowledge, you get that deeper understanding. of You become like a, um, a devil's advocate of public health practice and for example, public health, uh, looking for the, the greatest good, uh, for the greatest number of people in terms of health outcomes, and obviously that's important. But I think if public health practitioners don't have a good grounding of ethical uh, ethics and knowledge in, in law, then they can sometimes 
uh, rush ahead with that with that goal without actually giving cons full consideration to the possible harms that can come from that. And there are possible harms that can come from it. We can stigmatise uh, children who are overweight by pushing a child obesity strategy that doesn't consider the, the ethics of, of perhaps causing harm to populations. So I think it does give you a deeper insight. Uh, and you can act as that devil's advocate to a lot of um, proposals and, and public health interventions that perhaps other people might not consider or, or consider too deeply. Mm, absolutely. And and I've noticed uh, through my own practice that it, it's very rare uh, that you see, um, you know, a high level strategic discussion happening uh, in, a, in a public health organisation where, where they're having uh, discussions with, with reference to ethical uh, principles directly. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. And I think uh, when I was discussing, uh, when I was doing my academic placement with, with Angus Dawson, one of the bugbears that he said is that public health, uh, people that come into public health, whether it's from medical or non-medical background, sort of think they have this this uh, ethics all sewn up. They have this idea of ethics, but it's actually very superficial. They, uh, they refer to uh, the medical ethics model of Beecham and Childress, which is, you know, autonomy, beneficence, non-maleficence and justice. Uh, but that only takes you so far with public health practice and it's actually very limited uh, when you start applying it to that. So um, things about utilitarian ethics and communitarianism, uh, reciprocity between uh, pop, uh, populations and individuals and thinking about, as I said, the harms that can come from public health practice. So I think, uh, yeah, absolutely, it helps you to develop that that great understanding, and uh, and I think it's important that, that practitioners and specialists do get that grounding in it, and I help it. It helps to make more defensible uh, decisions uh, in public health practice. Uh, I almost feel like like we need a, a manual of public health ethics. I know the GMC produce a lot of guidance for for medical ethics and, and ethical practice in medicine. Um, is there anything like that in, in the realm of public health? There's been a number uh, of ethical frameworks that have been put forward. So one of the, the most obvious ones is the 2007-2008 uh, Nuffield Council of Bioethics, which specifically looked at ethics in public health practice. Uh, that's gave a framework <clears throat> of levels of intervention um, that public health practitioners can, uh, can undertake uh, to secure health populations. Since then, especially in the States, as I said, they're far more advanced in terms of considering public health ethics in relation to public health practice. Uh, and they've developed a number of frameworks. Uh, so there's a lot of ethicists, uh, philosophers uh, out there working in public health to develop a number of frameworks. So certainly any search on Google of public health ethics frameworks will give an, a range of models. I think the difficulty is in the UK that there's... And so there's no one consensus agreement in terms of mo of one single model to use, um, which can complicate things absolutely. Mm. Uh, and are there any particular reports or, or research articles that you'd recommend reading to, to to help registrars become more familiar with these frameworks? Yeah, absolutely. There's the, the the first one I would say is the Journal of Public Health Ethics, uh, which uh, is produced and led by uh, Professor Angus Dawson. Uh, so any search on Google will, will be able to you'll be able to find that and look at some uh, a range of interesting articles. Uh, as part of my placement, I uh, published an article on uh, international public health ethics. So uh, so that would be the first protocol I would say the Journal of Public Health Ethics. 
there's also a number of uh, really interesting textbooks uh, that are available as well. Uh, one of the, the most famous ones was recently updated, although it's an American textbook, it still has a lot of relevant information, uh, is Public Health Law, Power, Duty and Restraint by Lawrence Gostin. Uh, and also there's a number of public health ethics textbooks as well uh, that have been updated and are very UK-based as well. So there's a lot of information out there. But I think the first protocol would be the Journal of Public Health Ethics. Great. And, and how about conferences or courses that you'd recommend in this area? Well, so one of the as we touched on uh, recently, there was that conference of the European uh, Public Health uh, Association conference last year. Uh, so there's conferences out there, and certainly with the, the Faculty of Public Health taking uh, a, a really keen interest in public health law and ethics, I think, again, um, there'll be another uh, ethical conference next year, I think it's in Milan, uh, run by the European Association of Public Health. Uh, so yeah, there's a number of, uh, of courses available as well. Great. And, and have any other opportunities arisen from, from your interest in, in public health ethics and law? Well, I did uh, a six-month placement, as I said, last year or the year before, uh, rather, in, in public health law and ethics to coincide with the, the work I was doing on my master's in medical law and ethics. Uh, I uh, uh, put together a proposal for a PhD for a Wellcome uh, Foundation Trust, which uh, ironically was looking at trying to find uh, a, a usable framework that actually relates to contemporary public health practice in the UK. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't accepted. Uh, I didn't get the funding for it. I know it's very highly competitive. But that's the kind of work that, that can come from it as well. And, and uh, the work from my dissertation on, on TB control, law and ethics, uh, I had that published uh, uh, or an abstract of it published as well. Uh, so there's a lot of opportunities for publication. Uh, but I think, you know, it's certainly something that, as an individual, obviously, when we're doing public health training, there's a lot of uh, competition for, for, for knowledge and, and things that should take our attention away. So I think it's it's something that I was interested in uh, and chose to, to focus on. Uh, so I think someone has to have a real keen uh, feeling or, or a desire to, to want to, to uh, study public health law and ethics. But I think it's a fascinating subject and something that will definitely... Um, in, in time to come, we'll definitely get more prominence in public health training. I hope so. I mean, at the moment, it seems a, a bit like a, a niche, a niche topic, but it, yeah, it's so, it's, so yeah. broadly relevant, really. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is still a little niche, but I think it is uh, gaining. I think as public health practice becomes more complex and there's more uh, chance for conflict against uh, civil liberties and individual rights and freedoms against the, the good of populations and there's more law being used to affect public health of for example the the, the recent sugar tax uh, and the effects that's going to have you just have to see about uh, the usual comments that are in reaction to that about the nanny state etc so it's a really interesting subject and something that I think is going to get a lot more prominence as those tensions between individuals and population uh, health uh, you know, become more apparent really. Yeah absolutely uh, do, do you have any other advice you'd like to share with registrars who, who might be interested in gaining experience in this area? I think you know if you're if you're interested in in, in law and ethics uh, in terms of how it relates to, to public health, certainly do your own research. I mean, I obviously had my own personal experiences for why I was interested in it. Um, have a chat to see. I mean, one thing that's interesting about the training scheme uh, from people from non medical backgrounds uh, is that. Uh, 
you very rarely are. I'm certainly not aware of anyone who's came into the training scheme from uh, having a legal background, from being a solicitor, for example. Um, and I think that's something. If, if there's anyone out there in the training scheme in the UK, I think I'd be, I'd be fascinated to 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 to, uh, to chat to to them. But I think that's that's an interesting. If someone's interested in law, to to and ethics to, to really find out what's available on the, the MPH course, for example. I think a lot of more MPH courses um, are, are having an ethical law focus as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just just find out exactly what's what's going on uh, in your own area, uh, your own um, uh, course for, for that's covering law and ethics. And is there anything else you'd like to comment on that we haven't covered? Uh, just that I think it's a fascinating subject. I think it's something that is definitely going to get more prominence. Uh, it's helped me to develop a much more inquiring mind. Uh, I, I'm much more um, considered when I think about when, when people are pushing public health policy to say, actually, what's the harms here? What's the what's the potential? Is this all it is cracked up to be? Is it got potential for causing uh, problems? So I think it's certainly given me a, a much deeper insight and a much more questioning nature. So I think it's a, it's a really academic subject and public health ethics particularly can really go down a, a very heavy philosophical route. Uh, but I think if you can make it relevant and bring it to, to uh, the, the knowledge to contemporary public health practical uh, practice in a sort of pragmatic way, uh, I think that's the way to go. That strikes me as the key challenge, isn't it? Yeah, Making absolutely. it practical enough that in a discussion in a local authority, you can bring up these ethical frameworks and principles uh, to make decision making um, in a in a very kind of timely way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think watch this space. I think uh, the work that's going on uh, with the Faculty uh, of Public Health at the moment uh, in terms of trying to, to reach that goal, to find a useful uh, universal framework that, that's uh, that's pragmatic, that works in, in a number of situations. But I think we will get there in the end. And I think it's really going to uh, help uh, more defensible decision making in public health. Great. Well, thanks so much, Alan. That's been incredibly interesting and useful, and I really appreciate you taking the time for this podcast. Oh, no problem. It's my pleasure, Sean. Well, thanks very much. Thanks. Many thanks for listening, and hope to see you next time. Mm-hmm.